You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Uh, it is a Friday here in Pittsburgh. The yeah. Steelers have wrapped up their first week of OTAs. and uh, Holiday weekend approaches. Yeah. Doesn't sound like the weather's going to be wonderful. But. No. I, you know, I golfed this morning, and I was talking to the, the, the manager of the golf course, the, and he was saying that, you know, usually – Memorial Day weekend is a big weekend oh, for me. Yeah. And he said this weekend the weather's not going to cooperate. But yeah. you know what? As hot as it was like the last, you know, it was. I mean, it was hot. I'm watching practice, uh, you know, Tuesday, oh, yeah. Tuesday and Wednesday, and I'm like, oh, my God, is it hot out here. But like, one of my good buddies was going to have a pool party last weekend, and none of us could do it, or there was a bunch of conflicts or whatever. He's like, ah, oh, we'll just get together for Memorial Day weekend. We'll do two of them. It's like, it's like 52 A little chilly. Right, yeah. yeah. A little chilly for that. Uh, but we one of the sit things, around the pool and have a yeah, beverage. there you go. <laughs> Put our little feet in. One of the things that happened this week for the Steelers that was interesting is the fact, now, Tuesday we saw Zach Banner and Devin Bush working out with some of the strength and conditioning people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guy Gar- uh, Gar- uh, Garrett Guimont uh, was there working with them taking him through some of the stuff. Uh, yesterday, on on Thursday, they actually got on the field and did some... Yeah, progress is going pretty well. Yeah, did like, some right? drills yeah. and, and, and actually took some snaps mm-hmm. uh, that uh, really... I mean, these are two guys the Steelers are counting on. Yeah, yeah. If you go around the league, I mean, I don't have a ton of examples, but a lot of these guys, you know, Joe Burrow, guys that are coming back from big injuries, they're not doing anything this week, you know? Yeah. So the fact that you're out there at all is very, very promising. It absolutely is. And uh, I did want to uh, get uh, Banner, uh, we talked to him yesterday, and uh, he had a lot of interesting stuff good to, to chat say. with. Uh, especially talking about that offensive line and some of the moves that they're making. Uh, guys playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I, say, I hope they kind of take it, I hope they read the headlines. Yeah. You know what I mean? And take it personally. Yeah, it sounds like they are. So uh, let's hear what Zach Banner had to say when he spoke to the media yesterday. All right, everybody, we have Zach here. Just a reminder to use the raise your hand function, and we will will call on you. This meeting Let's is being recorded. That's a new Zoom thing. Go ahead, continue. Yep. That's a new thing. It starts telling you when you're recording something. Somebody probably sued him. Let's go to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, let's go to Mark Aboli. Hey, Zach, how you doing? Um, Kaboli, how are you? Good, good. My question is, I mean, we all saw you out there the past couple of days. It looks like you're chomping at the bit. I mean, I know you don't need to be out there, but do you feel that you have to be out there because you are, I mean, other than Dave, the veteran guy, and you want to show leadership? Is that part of the reason? Yeah, I have a, you know, Coach T has asked me personally to step up my game in all facets of my career um, on and off the field. Um, I, I, I'm like a, a dog on the leash right now, right? Like, just, you know, they keep pulling back, keep pulling back. One thing you're not going to have to tell me is to give effort 
and be there. So it's not only just for those other guys and to be around the team and to get the, the visual reps for myself because I'm not perfect and we all need to get better every day. But at the same time, it's also a, a good thing for myself. Um, just mentally, you know, getting through this, them pulling at the leash, it bugs me, you know what I mean? Because I feel good, feeling better every day. Um, I know the overall goal is for the season, um, but at the same time, it's it, it's hard, but it, it makes it easier when you're outside. Dale Lally. Hey, Zach, I know when I talked to you uh, earlier this year, you said that, uh, you know, this was about the time where you felt like you'd be starting to get back to normal. We, we see you on the field, no knee brace. Uh, same thing with Devin. Um, do you feel like you're, you're still on target to, to be ready for the start of training camp? Yes, um, I really do. And, you know, one thing to communicate to you guys is remember that leash that they keep pulling that. So if you see me out there for the days, <laughs> I do have a brace, right? That's more to break in my brace when, when I do get going, you know, because these things feel like robo knees and, and they feel a little different. Not my knee itself, but the brace. So we really want to work that brace. But as for my rehab, as for Bush's rehab, we're on schedule. But at the same time, if we get to camp and they pull a day, you know what I mean? They pull a rep, they pull something. It's out of protection, you know, and I had to kind of get that in my head in this earlier stage because, I just, I'm an in-the-building guy, you know. I'm getting here early in the morning when the first guy's here. Like, it's not to pat myself on the back. It's just who I am. So trying to lead by example, but also, try, like I said, once again, trying to motivate myself through my actions every day. Joe Rudder. Hey, Zach. How you doing? What's up, Joe? What are they allowing you to do and maybe not wanting you to do yet at this stage of your rehab? Yeah, um, I would have to say the the reps, right? Like the uh, the amount of times I'm coming out of a three-point stance, um, the different types of things that I'm doing. Um, it's There's a checklist that none of you have, but I have, that Coach Gee has, that Coach Tomlin, and all the coaches. Um that checklist, we've been just knocking them off, knocking them off. So I'm not going out there doing 50 reps right now. You know, if anything today with the, the guys, I actually only got one to two, but I'm off on the side working myself. And I remember the first time we got into this a couple of weeks ago, into actual football stuff and cutting and, you know, lateral lateral change of direction. Um, I did like 35 pass sets a couple of weeks ago. And I've done way more in, in a day since then, but you know, Coach Gee pulls me aside and says, that's hopefully a game. You know what I mean? That's a game of, of pass sets. Um, you know, that's a that's that's a realistic look. So that those are the they're, – they're so detailed. They know what they're doing. They've done this with amazing players in the past, like Heath Miller. I know Heath Miller, a lot of his notes and stuff like that um, are into my rehab. And, and, and you guys saw how tremendous he was when he got back. So, you know, the, the future looks bright. Jeff Hathorn. Hey, Zach. Uh, oh, Jeff. You, we heard from Kevin Lund yesterday about Coach Clem and the attitude and, and this mentality that he brings. What can you tell us about uh, what that's like and, and what's maybe different with him? Yeah, he's just like me, right? Inner city, West Coast kid. He's from Inglewood, California. Um, 
we're built different, you know, on how we were raised, how we were coached. Uh, and, you know, he, him being a player's coach too as well. And when you hear that, that's not like a typical coach when you say, you know, players like him more. He actually played is what I mean. And um, that experience is there. He played, you know, he has a, lot, a whole bunch of rings from, from his, his playing days. And um, his mentality is not only to get better every single day, but to work on the details and hold each other accountable. Um, I think those are the biggest couple of things. And it, it, it sometimes doesn't look pretty, right? But we need that. And when I say we need that, this is the National Football League. Like, you know, there's, there's some guys across on these 32 teams that make 10 times as much as their coaches. But when you put it into the type of respect level that we have for him, we don't have those big heads in this room. We don't have those type of egos in this room. Everybody in this room wants to be coached. Everybody knows the chip that we have on our shoulders that we want to play with. And um, Clem's stepping up to the plate. I love him for it. He's doing a great, great job. Brooke Pryor. Hey, Zach. Actually, going off of that, it's perfect timing. I wanted to ask a little bit more about Hi, Coach Clem. <laughs> How much were you able to work with him last year while you were going through the ACL tear? I mean, even just in the classroom. And one thing specifically that Kevin mentioned is that he uses more aggressive verbiage. You know, instead of saying set a block, he's saying you know, run through a guy's face. Things like that. Yeah. Can you tell a tangible difference in how that makes you guys feel and how that can translate on the field? We call that necessary violence, Brooke. Like it's it's you want offensive line is a is a very tough thing to love, right? We don't want to play uh, offensive line when you're little. You want to catch the ball. You want to throw the ball. You want to run around. Um, there's that type of quote unquote. Hurt a, you know, I hurt somebody on purpose, but that thug mentality that, that we have when we put our helmets on, it's still professional, still structured. I want to, I want to reiterate that too, because his professionalism is through the roof. But when I look at my guys going out in the tunnel, going out anywhere, I'm looking at them and I'm saying, let's effing go. And we have that now as a coach. And, you know, a lot of people talk about last year and Clem developing, you know, guys, um, younger guys like Kevin Dotson, um, other guys who, who just got here, and even some of the vets too. You know, that was, that was, that's something that's missing in his resume that people don't talk about. But, I mean, he's been here for two years. And, you know, a lot of people want to talk about the film that I put on when I was playing jumbo tight end a couple of years ago. You guys got to realize, like, the head old line coach has a lot of things on his plate during the season and the postseason. A lot of it is more schematic. A lot of it is more, um, don't, don't get me wrong, coaching your overall technique that you want in the room, but this, the second coach, the assistant coach, gets a lot of individual time with the young guys because usually they're st staying in the back with us, right, when we're out on team or something. So, you know, back in the day when I was a swing tackle, I'd be in the back. We'd be working on fo footwork. We'd been working on mentality. Like, you know, that's just that's, that killer instinct doesn't come naturally for some guys. And sometimes that has to be coached. And so when you have that technician and then he's given the overall job, then he's basically, get, you know, he's rewriting our Bible that we live by. You know, the technique, the fundamentals, um, things that we're coming out and doing. Uh, that's, 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 that's something that he does. And SEMO, and Chris Morgan, is in the back doing that secondary job. 
and they work, they were, they're a tandem, they're a team. And, and that combination is felt in our room. And, and sometimes too, a lot of people might cower, cower away from that type of uh, pressure and that type of coaching. But our room, like I said, is full of guys who love that and, and work well with that. So we're excited. Christopher Carter. Hey, Zach, you talked about how, you know, you guys have a lot of, uh, you know, there's no ego in the room, but you also have a lot of new guys in the room. And, you know, you losing Marquise, from, you know, as he retired, there's going to be, I guess, a new kind of culture that you guys are developing as what the offensive line is going to be for years. What's What's been your interaction with some of those new guys and you guys feeling each other out just these first few, day, few, first few days? You'll never be able to fill a gap that 53 left. No one will. Um, it's just because he's he's his own guy, he, and he was a center, right? That come that that's that's a different uh, that's that's a whole different you know book. But at the same time, it's not almost like creating a new environment. It's taking all the great things from it, right? From being here, Dave DeCastro has been here even longer. Um, those experiences, and I mean, come on, man, we're we're talking. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people want to say a lot of bad things about us right now, and that's okay, but. At the same time, um, a couple of years ago, we were known as the best offensive line in the league. How do you take those things that they passed on and how do you create it in your own way? And that's that that will be something that we'll have to continue to fill out for the summer. But I think we found it and we're working really, really hard. Uh, you know, even though I mentioned the outside voices, um, that's only because of, you know, how interactive I am on social media and some of the other guys are like, you can't just, you just can't help but to be tweeted at by somebody. But when I tell you that when we walk, wait, when I wake up, like that's the last thing I'm thinking about. That's the last thing our guys are thinking about. We never, we hardly ever even talk about it. Only time we'll talk about it is if we, you know, loaf on a play or we loaf on something and we look at each other and, and pick each other up and, and remind each other about that chip on the, our shoulder, because we want that. Um, like I said, some people are scared of that pressure, but we welcome it. Uh, let's go to Brian Backo. Brian? Hi, Zach. Uh, everything that you just mentioned, the, uh, you know, the thug mentality and, you know, wanting to be better than, than last season. Um, do you see that in the, the young guys that you guys just drafted, uh, Dan and, and Kendrick, and what stood out to you about them so far? Very coachable men. They take constructive criticism to the fullest. Uh, they give a lot of effort, which is you can't coach effort. That's actually the hardest thing is when you when you have a talented guy or you have a guy who shows a promising future and they don't want to put in the work, they do. Um, all of our new young guys, all of our all of our new guys too. Like it's just it's a it's a culture that was recruited and put together um, by Coach T this offseason, and it really shows. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I don't know why I was hesitant on saying thug mentality, but it, I think you guys get that, you know, cause the last people, you know, the last people, last thing I want people thinking is, you know, we're walking around Pittsburgh beating people up or, you know, doing, doing dumb stuff. But at the same time, what else would you want at an offensive line, you know, as an offensive line unit? Uh, that's my question. You know, you got to come off the ball and kill people. And that's, that's the type of mentality we need to have. No Strackbeam. Still on mute, Noah? No. Noah, you're on mute, buddy. It's okay. We good now? Can you hear me now? Yeah. What's going on, Zach? All right. 
Um, a nice lot of people sunroof. are still. What's up? Nice sunroof. Thank you. Uh, a lot of people are still talking about Chooks being a weak spot over at the left tackle. I just want to know your thoughts on those thoughts. Well, they'll tell them to uh, sign a contract if they can do it better. Chooks. That was Zach Banner with the media uh, this week, and you mm-hmm. heard a lot of uh, stuff from him in regard to uh, the chip that the Steelers are offensive line are playing with on the shoulder. Um, I'm sure Coach Tomlin lets him lets him know a little bit about uh, good some of that. the doubts across yeah, the, the nation or whatever. Uh, one of the things when he was talking about Adrian Clem, uh, and we talked to Kevin Dotson uh, earlier in the week, and he talked to you know he said like you know we're playing a lot more in a three-point stance this year. Yeah, yeah. Working on more of a three-point stance. And everybody assumes that means the Steelers are going to be lining up under center and, and doing those kind of things. Yeah. It doesn't mean that Ben's going to have his his hands under center and you're going to have an eye formation or split backs with a tight end and you know no, yeah. your old turf shoes on. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? The extra like, lineman and two tight ends on the field in a, right. in a short yardage package. I mean, I'm sure if you ask all those linemen or most linemen, they would rather operate out of a three-point stance, especially in the run game. I mean, you, you come off the ball lower. And I like to hear that they are going to – that they're, they're they're taking more reps at least at this stage of the season – out of a three-point stance. That doesn't mean that Ben's not going to be in the shotgun or there's not going to be motion and three wides and spread the field and all kinds of stuff. But I do like hearing that. I think that was part of the problem last year was the linemen weren't allowed or asked to fire off the ball as much it's as tough. they were. You're not, yeah. fire, you're not coming off the ball when you're, in a, when you're you know, basically standing up right. uh, in, in the shotgun. Uh, Football Outsiders uh, breaks down the shotgun rates. The Steelers were fourth in the league last year in shotgun Mm -hmm. rate at 82.8% of the time. Um, And there seems to be an idea in Pittsburgh, at least, that you can't run the ball out of the shotgun. Which is a massive misconception. The number one team using the shotgun last year was the Baltimore Ravens at 96.6% of the Probably time. Probably the best running game in the league. Yeah. yeah. Now, Lamar helps that. Of course. But they still ran the ball and ran the ball effectively out of the shotgun. Without question. Or I wonder what they call pistol. Like, I could see Ben operating in the pistol a little bit more, too, which is a little closer to the line of scrimmage than a true shotgun. Um, who were the top three again? You, you told me. A, a Baltimore at uh, 96.6%. Arizona at 91.7, and Houston at 83%. Now, those three are maybe the three most mobile quarterbacks in the league. And That's the best runners, something, so that yeah. has something to do with it. Yeah. But it also is, what does your quarterback prefer? You know, we can operate, we can do you know, whatever you want out of wherever you line up, but just where do you want to be? Um, you know, it's, it's a much different reason why Ben would be the top of that list. I mean, at his age... I bet he doesn't want to drop back, you know, seven-step drops, five-step drops as much as he did well, before. Well, here's the thing, Matt. If you look at this, the number 10 team in shotgun snap usage last year mm-hmm. was the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Phillip Rivers is, was, even, more immobile. is even more immobile than right. Ben. And, oh, by the way, the, the Colts ran the ball pretty effectively last year. Extremely effectively. Yeah. Right. I mean, so there's a lot of ways to do it. I mean, and some of the reasons, to your point, why – Baltimore is such a good running team is because they get so many yards. Yeah. They get a thousand yards out of their quarterback too. So, I mean, there's it's kind of apples to oranges. But I don't even believe that the Steelers' running game has to be 
top 15. I mean, I think it, mediocre would be fine. It would be a, a massive revelation. Top 15 would be, a, would be a huge jump. It would be a huge <laughs> jump. But I also think, you know, like to our point, the style of runs would, needs to change too. I mean. The effectiveness as well. The like, effectiveness. Yeah. The, the efficiency of it, the, the effectiveness of it, to put teams away with a lead, to get the, the tough yards on short yardage situations, to, to set the tempo a little bit, to let those linemen – come off the ball and be comfortable and do what they want to be doing too. That, that was missing. Yeah, it certainly was. So, I mean, I think that's one thing that you look at with, with what uh, both Dotson and Banner talked about, uh, you know, with the difference between Adrian Clem. Um, again, also very, very uh, uh, a good sign that both he and, and uh, Bush are on the field. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without question. I mean, they missed Bush last year. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no question. I mean, I thought the defense was kind of night and day without him. I thought it was a bigger loss than Dupree, and which speaks to who played behind them as well. Yeah. You know what they have at the position, what that position's asked of. Um, but Bush is a unicorn, right? He, he's you didn't have you another one of those guys, right? You don't have anything that really resembles him. You know, you become a lot more predictable on the second level, like life was before he arrived, um, and it's a pivotal stage of his career, like. Steelers need him to be a perennial pro bowler, you know, to make that trade up worth it. And, you know, he's not quite there yet. I yeah. think he can get there. We saw Devin White in the playoffs last mm-hmm. year making splash plays. I don't know. He, the, the perception was that he was the reason why the, the, the Buccaneers were winning the Super Bowl. Right. Levante David was a better player. He still is. And he always, still is. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, there's. But you get those, you get those splash plays out of that inside linebacker position. Mm-hmm. Bush, can, Bush was providing that. Without question. Now he was it, shutting it, down running backs in, yeah. the, in the receiving game too. Can you can he take that next step? And the, 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 I think the thing that people need to you know look at uh, how many times have we heard over the years? Well, Steelers, you know, they're trying to cover uh, wide receivers with it with linebackers. Well, well if it's Devin uh, Bush, you got a better shot. Nobody's talking about it. Right, right. right. <laughs> I mean, you're still not beating. Keenan Allen's still going to give Bush a hard time. I yeah. mean, there's no question about but it. Not but not as hard a but time. But he's going to win once in a while, yeah. or the ball's not going to come that direction as often. You know, uh, There won't be the bullseye on your chest. Yeah, and it worries me if he can't – if by chance he, he loses time, I think the defense could take a step backwards. I mean, yeah. that's a, the, the rest of the, the troops, you know, troops around Bush are a little worrisome. But they – I mean, they, they drafted Buddy Johnson, mm-hmm. again, an inside linebacker that can run. You still have Ulysses Gilbert on the on the yeah. roster, an inside linebacker that can run. This is what they're trying to do here. You can't have two inside linebackers on the field who are both 4-8 guys. The Bostick-Vince Williams combination. Doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. No, the Spillane-Vince Williams combo right. doesn't work. Those guys are going to get matched up time and again against, you know, if you look at what Cleveland did against the Steelers in the in the playoffs. Yeah. All right, we're going to come out in our with a two-tight end package. Mm-hmm. Really good O line, um, yeah. Chubb. Good, uh, good O line and Chubb in the backfield. <laughs> right, right. Well, if you're the Steelers, how are you matching that? You're going to use your base defense without question. And then all of a sudden, they split Chubb out and they 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 take the, the tight ends and they flank him out to the boundary. And Hooper's not the greatest player, but I still would throw at Hooper if Vince Williams is covering right. Or but even or, at that, know, right, if, right. if you take those tight ends and you say, okay, we're going to put them out wide and we're going to have the receivers running from the from the slot. Mm-hmm. If you're in his own defense. Well, then Jarvis Landry <laughs> catches a bunch of balls. Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. And, and you have corners on yeah. tight ends. And right, and that's a problem. And you need to – that's why you trade up for Bush. I mean, we talk about that all the time. <clears throat> so, in reality, Banner and Bush don't need to be out there for fundamentals and, right. you know, install and all that type of thing. But the fact that they're out there is really positive for their, you know, their 
uh, recovery. recovery in their health, yeah. right? I mean, right. with Banner, you're looking at, uh, you know, he got hurt last September. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bush, I believe, was October 11th, something like, like that. Midway through It was the, the fifth game of the year. Fifth, so, okay. So, you know, uh, these guys are on track to, to be ready for the start of training camp, and that's when you want them yeah, you to be them on to the be, field. Uh, yeah. yeah, and Bush needs to become well, – I'm not saying he's not, but he needs to become a, a spokesperson for the defense. He needs to be getting everybody aligned. It's that stage of his career – Banner's already outspoken, but you can tell that he has a, an influence on his line mates as well. You know, those guys are going to, as we talked about before, have that chip on their shoulder that we're not good enough. And I, he mentioned Pouncey. I, I thought about that a lot. Like, what if Pouncey was still in that locker room? How he'd be lighting a fire under his fellow line mates with the headlines and stuff that we're reading across the nation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not – you see um, time and again, professional athletes use these kind of things. They do. Ben Roethlisberger is going to use. Yep, it's another one. Everybody who's writing him off, it, it, yeah, keep tweeting all the stuff out there. Either, yeah. I, I mentioned he's, to you when before watched, the show yeah. started today that you know, uh, uh, Pro Football Focus put out a, a, t- a tweet that you know, here's Ben Roethlisberger practicing his deep ball and he's, he's tossing the ball in a drill, soft toss to, yeah, to, yeah. to Najee Harris. And I bet you know, Ben got he, that. Aren't yeah. we funny? Right, right, right. Um, go ahead, keep doing that stuff. Doubt. A guy who's a Hall of Fame player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's overcome it many times. Everyone gets motivated by different things, but you're right, athletes, they're so high profile, and, and you know, people get them the right information or they see it on their own, and any little spark you can get is great. And I'm sure, well, I know, uh, the Steelers head coach does a good job of poking that bear, too. For Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I just find it interesting, though, that, that so many – in the national media are going after Ben Roethlisberger in the last couple of years. You didn't see that happen to Drew Brees. No. And Drew, Even Rivers. I mean, Rivers yeah. was pretty – and Brees was really down. Brees couldn't throw the football 25 yards down the field. I know. The, the, the Saints told us that in the playoffs. Yeah. When they when they pulled him off the field to have Mario, or, uh, to have uh, Jameis Winston throw one down, you know, a deep mm-hmm. ball. They actually had a better winning percentage with Brees was out of the lineup than when he was in lately. And, 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 and there was none of that. No. Right. I, I – I feel like Breeze did get a little bit of a pass late in his career because he was a liability throwing the football. Still mentally there. Yeah. You know, this yeah. corner's coming. i got to hit the hot route, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't help the team, you know, in terms of passing the football, that's for sure. And didn't seem to get brought up enough. Yeah. I don't I don't see that with Roethlisberger. I don't see him getting that respect. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, he's won two Super Bowls. Yeah. Breeze won one. And I know Rivers <laughs> had a good year last year, but – they didn't throw the ball downfield much either. You talked about him being in the shotgun behind a really good line, a Taylor-driven offense. He managed the game well. But frankly, if Ben does this, has a season like Rivers did last year with maybe a, you know, a few more deep balls mixed in, a couple more arm strength throws, and he always threw the ball better than Rivers anyway, yeah. that would be fine. Yeah, I, I, mean, I just that would be plenty. You know, As we talked about with, with uh, when we had Jim Wexel on uh, in a previous segment, I think they're being – vastly underrated right now mm-hmm. um, no i do too i mean the, the track record of winning in the league speaks for themselves and you know jim even mentioned cleveland fans are complaining we gotta play on you know we gotta play on christmas or you know like it's hard being a winner i mean it's yeah. hard maintaining and the steelers have proven they can do it we've had a couple segments today that reiterate that football outsiders didn't have them picking in the top 10 my hunch is they would even consider it. <laughs> right. Know, this yeah. doesn't happen very often. No, you still get a top 10 defense. Sure. Um, it may be a top five defense. I mean, like Seattle has a worse roster than the Steelers, but they're not going to pick the top 10 either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's, just, there's some teams you just kind of know 
yeah, their down year might be 500-ish, yeah. but they're not going to be in the top You 10. know, the Patriots got that respect last year. They're, they had their down year. Yeah, they did. They won seven games last year. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they, they sign a couple of guys in free agency. Well, they're, they're a Super Bowl contender again. Are they? I don't know. They still have the same right, quarterback. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, uh, I and don't know. The roster looks a lot better than it did last year. But it, it, is, it speaks to the point that some of these organizations, when they bought them out, they don't bottom out. They don't bottom the out land. quite like yeah, the, right. some of the other ones. Right. No, I, I agree. But uh, that's going to do it for our show. So for Matt Fun Williamson, uh, for Jacob Brecht here on site, uh, keeping uh, those interviews on the air and uh, keeping us on the air as well. Happy um, Memorial Day to all. Happy Memorial Day to everybody. We'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, but uh, we thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.